This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to So What'd You Think, everybody. This is a, a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we'll discuss a movie that we have both just seen for the first time. Uh, this week, I brought on a guest. His name is Henry. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Hey, what's up? I'm Henry. Uh, Nick and I went to Chile together last yeah, year, and that's, that's how true. we know each other. And here yeah. we are to talk about some movie. Yeah, some movie. <laughs> so the movie we chose this week was The Matrix. Um, came out in like 1999. Has Keanu Reeves. It's a very uh, crazy, epic sci-fi movie with uh, a lot of uh, cool stunt work and a lot of crazy special effects and stuff. Uh, I feel like most people have heard of this movie or have seen it. Um, but before we get into specifics, we'll just kind of do general spoiler-free thoughts, and then we'll go into spoiler stuff. So. Uh, you can listen if you haven't seen it for the first couple of minutes, and then you should probably head on out. Um, but yeah, so spoiler-free thoughts, Henry. What did you think? Um, well, I think it's your your classic late '90s, early 2000s um, movie where they're really into special effects, and really, there's the plots all over the place, and it's very like <laughs> I thought it was very like ADHD friendly. It was just like jumping from thing to thing, and it was yeah, I like that term. It was ADHD. It was, <laughs> It was like the definition of an action movie, I think, mm-hmm. um, in that you're never bored throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I was never bored, that's for sure. <laughs> and there's not a lot of like development of character relationships or anything. It's just kind of just constant like guns blazing, weird special effects, it's a lot of slow motion. Yeah. I was pretty confused for some of it, but like I yeah, think that's, a lot of some, it. some of that's the point. I think we'll get to that mm-hmm. later. I guess. Yeah, but. that's true. Yeah, this movie is all over the place, and I love it for that. Like, I don't know. Like, I think the whole point of the movie is not to go into the specifics of like what makes sense and what doesn't. Honestly, that might even just play into like the point of the movie. <laughs> but just like, um, yeah, it's like it's a very specific style with like the slow mo and the special effects and like the almost campiness of the whole thing, and it made it so damn entertaining. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think every scene you could stop it. And be like, this makes no sense whatsoever because of these three reasons, and that's what kind of made, kind of pulled the movie together for me. So I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, it, it kind of worked in a weird way, but it shouldn't have worked. <laughs> like I, I don't even know if it worked, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. We were laughing for a lot of. I don't know if we were supposed to laugh, but we were laughing. I don't think so. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it was like I think it was like almost like pointless entertainment to an extent. Like it's like. Like, I don't think it was trying to be Inception, you know? I I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're really trying to have a huge, deep message in this movie. Um, you think? And the way... It, it kind of became a meme, is what I think. Like, the only things I see uh-huh. are, like, the classic scene with, like, bending, like, behind the bullets. Right, right. And then, the, like, the two pills. And that's all I really knew about this movie before I watched it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, all... it's kind of unfortunate that that became... The public image of what the movie is because I think it's like playing with much deeper themes or at least it's trying to but uh-huh. it's just so hilariously like <laughs> slow motioned and like special effects are just yeah. they run rampant to the point where it's like what's really going on here <laughs> yeah well I think part of that's just like the style of like when it came out like, this is like 99 like like 
basically early 2000s kind of style of like campiness when like campiness wasn't campy almost mm-hmm. or at least it was cool to be campy so like i don't know like this i feel like this was one of the earlier movies to do that so maybe at the time it was like cool like like oh yeah like they're playing like like rage against the machine like <laughs> and like an action movie that's like cool like you know like mm-hmm. it's like this beat techno thing and slow-mo like it's like, oh wow, you use slow mo. That's so cool. Like, <laughs> it's also totally like the Y two K like fear of like machines taking over. It's like basically how yeah. this like movie came into reality. Of, yeah, thinking that like humans are doomed by technology, which yeah, people but, still think today. But it was yeah. like people thought like they're all gonna shut down in Y two K, and that was gonna be the end of it. So. Yeah, I like how they were trying to explain it at one point. They're like, and like then AI took over, and he's like. <laughs> You mean artificial intelligence? <laughs> you had to define it to the audience back yeah. then, because yeah. like two percent of the population knew what AI was in 1999. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, there's definitely a huge fear, and I think I don't know. It's still, I think, a relevant thing to talk about today. We'll, we'll get into that more specifically a little later. But I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty generally. I think what we think of it. Let's just go into the spoilers. Right. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, go away. Um, I think the biggest spoiler is like there was a romance. I want to talk about that. Oh I, god, I think that no. really bothered both of us. <laughs> that was horrible. That was that was what made me not like the movie in the end. Really? Like, like, oh, like, changed okay. the to flip the whole thing. Like, kind of. Really? Like I, I, up to that point, I was like, okay, this movie knows its roots. Like it knows what it's going for. Uh-huh. It's it has a clear, like, sort of clear message. Like it's shrouded by all this action, but there's like a underlying philosophical presence. Whereas this love thing just kind of like blew it all up is like what like love is what makes them like like him he's the one because she loves him like that makes no sense to me yeah it's like some interstellar stuff it was also like it was almost like they didn't have enough development through the movie where there's like at the end like oh wait we forgot to put like a love triangle into this like we forgot to put yeah, I was kind of hoping they wouldn't, because it's so cliche for, like, the two main guy and girl leads to, like, fall in love at the end, like, and, like, there was nothing, like, really built to it beforehand, like, they were just, like, two leads, like, why did, the, why did the gender have to come into play, <laughs> like, like, it was just, like, it, it would have worked without the romance, but they, they threw and, it in. And, and we really saw no chemistry between them until, like, all yeah. of a sudden they were in love, like, there was no... <laughs> Yeah, it was, I don't feel like that even afterwards. I don't even remember them talking shit. once, really, before then. Like, she brought him food once. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, she did bring him food, and the other guy was like, you never brought me food. Yeah. So. Well, that guy was just jealous in general because he wanted to live in the human world. Yeah. He wanted to eat the steak. Yeah, the juicy, delicious steak. Exactly. He wished he, yeah, he, wished he took the b- blue pill. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The romance... <laughs> It's, it kind of sucks that they that they went that route because, it, but also at the same time it's like if you're kind of go for this philosophical thing like let's try and go into that like they're trying to make this like love is like the ultimate it, factor that it, decides. In that way, it was very similar to Interstellar. Yeah. Which spoilers I, to Interstellar kind of. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> kind but, of. And that's like why I dislike Interstellar because there's like oh really? there's a fifth dimension like. Murph, love, See, like Murph. <laughs> you just have to love Murph. Murph, and then we get out of this dimension. Yeah, it makes that makes no sense. That bothered you? Do you not like Interstellar? No, I don't. Oh, okay, and that's that could really be another like conversation. But See, so that that whole love argument in that movie doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. I kind of I, I don't know. I like I kind of dislike it. I know that's like a hot take, I guess, but okay. <laughs> like it's 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 an interesting idea. I say at least like that that love is like the like defining concept that bounds everyone together. Like. 
take away like space and time like love is this thing that can can connect people like it's just very wishy-washy into it it's a little wishy-washy but like it's it's an interesting idea like what else if not love also would would bound people together i think my problem with that movie is i think matthew mcconaughey is hilarious (laughs) i don't see him as a good actor i see him as the guy in the lincoln commercials I see him as like guy, kind of a meme. and have you seen like the Saturday Night Live impersonations of him? Yeah. Where he's like, "Whose kids are these?" And he's like, "That's a horrible McConaughey." <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad at it. Um, but he's just like, it makes yeah. no. He, yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm stuck I'm holding a I'm stuck in, my, with, in between my fingers. Exactly, like, yeah, I'm stuck like, with that Matthew McConaughey. And then when he tries to be philosophical and deep and interstellar, I'm like, you should be in a Lincoln. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, not that pickup truck. He should have been. That should have been a Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, okay, well, I, that's, okay, that's fair. I guess if you don't like Matthew McConaughey, it's kind of hard to buy into a lot of that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of moving into Interstellar a little bit, but <laughs> back, back to the Matrix. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah, it kind of goes tonight. into the same thing though of like love. I, I feel like Interstellar, like just dives into that thing that love is like the ultimate deciding thing. In Matrix, there's more to it than that. I don't think that's like yeah, the one takeaway from the Matrix is that love was the thing that saved Neo at the end. Like, true. It just kind of made the message a little bit convoluted. Yeah, I would say yeah, that's what it is. I think I made it convoluted. It was already convoluted beforehand <laughs> and then they threw in this extra plot of love and you're like what uh, I, I, okay <laughs> like you just have to like go with it it's like we said at the end it seemed like they just didn't know what to do so they just started throwing things in there yeah right yeah when as soon as he be, he like saw the matrix through his vision and then he like went inside agent smith and like blew him up i was like okay the writers didn't know how to end this movie <laughs> like, yeah well, i mean i think most like of the plot resolution is just kind of like the flowers and rainbows whereas like the main point of the movie would be the philosophical thing of like we live in a reality that we've created or like that we think we think is true but it's not mm-hmm. like that's the whole point of the pill is like we live in like a world with no substance behind it it's just like a screen behind our eyes that's interesting. Yeah. That's another thing about, like, the pills is, like, taking the red pill. Like, what's the message behind that? Is it that, like, get out of your boring life and enter, like, take always take the adventurous route, like, seize the day kind of mentality? Is that what, like, the message of this movie is? I Like, I the don't, Matrix is, like, I, you seizing the day? <laughs> I personally don't think so. I think... Do you think that's what they're going for, though? No, I think taking taking the red pill is, like really finding like trying to find a deeper truth within like the matrix like you're trying to find reality within your life which is like the hard route so like you could live a life of like conventional spoils and material stuff and you could just go for the blue pill of basically like just enjoying life mm-hmm. or you could try to struggle to find like a deeper truth which is the difficult and painful and like may kill you but <laughs> it seemed to be like that's what that's what the choice was. Was it like, you want to live a comfortable okay. life? I don't know. Okay, so that's a that's an interesting interpretation. So it's not seizing the day, but it's rather like, uh, like it's it's like avoiding ignorance is bliss, like that mentality. Like, because that's that's true. Because what the guy that guy's line said when he was eating the steak, he's like, honestly, like ignorance is bliss. Like he would just rather have eat, eaten the steak and known it was juicy and delicious rather than eating the steak and knowing it steak doesn't exist. 
Yeah, and that mentality would be okay, but there's, like, the part of the movie where he goes, when he first created the simulation, this is, like, one of the um, computers says, when he first created the simulation, we tried to make it so there was no suffering, mm-hmm. but, like, the simulation co- collapsed because humanity is based on suffering. So there was this yeah. moment where it's, like, you can't just live in bliss because that's not how humanity works, and there has to be suffering in order for there to be, like, a material wealth or comfort. So, like, the yeah. only comfort they can really have is by understanding the truth, which is, I think, is where, comfort, where Neo gets to in the end is he's glad he mm-hmm. took the red pill. Like, he, he knows, like, the inner workings of his world, and he's somewhat conquered them, I guess. So is that, like, is that true, though, in real life? Do you, like, in your personal opinion, like, do, would you rather know the truth and know, like, the hardships and, like, the good and bad and, like, the honest world, or would you rather live in, like, this blissful, ignorant world? I mean, of like being just being happy eating that juicy delicious steak. I think like even being at USC means we're kind of taking the blissful ignorant route or like a lot of our life choices in what way? lead us to being in the ignorant blissful place. Like we go to a school surrounded by poverty but we have so much material wealth and comfort and like in a way we're already mm-hmm. like we are already down that path of ignorance. And just by like accepting the world around us that is like like taking the blue pill. And that's kind of my, that's kind of my interpretation <laughs> of the movie. Okay. Is so. is that most people would take the blue pill, and I think most people do take the blue pill, but it's kind of offering this way of like looking for a deeper truth. Really, I feel like oh, people, I feel like people would want to take the red pill, but then once they see the red pill, would want to wish they had the blue pill, like. I feel like just out of curiosity, people would want to take the red pill. Like I don't know, like. Cause I, I like you're saying like oh like people at USC are like like blissfully ignorant like around the world, but like I, I feel like people are aware of like the poverty around them, but they just don't care. It's different. Like it's almost like they are aware of the problem, but they're still choosing to live in mm-hmm. like they're just, like pretending that it, is, it doesn't exist. Almost. Okay. Um, in my high school religion class, we learned about the distinction between happiness and oh, fulfillment. And mm-hmm. how those are two different things, and how you can find happiness through your own personal, like what you want to do by following what you want to do every every day and in every decision. But in order to find fulfillment, you sometimes have to do what you don't want to do. And that a deeper sense of fulfillment will come from doing something that's for the greater good, that might not necessarily help you positively. It might, it might not like I mean it might help you positively, but it might not increase your material like comfort or, like, how you feel in your surroundings. But is that how people think, or is that how people, like, wish they thought? Like, I, I think that's, that's how people wish they thought. That's, like, the point of the movie is, like, literally everyone in the movie except for eight characters are, <laughs> are living in ignorance. And it's yeah. not necessarily but their fault. Of, they have no yeah. choice. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, not everyone was offered the red or blue pill choice. Yeah. So do you think if people, if everyone in that, in that world was offered to take the red or blue pill, you think a lot of them would still take the blue pill, though? Yeah. Or like they said, they wouldn't be able to handle the red pill because you become so engrossed in the world around you. Do you think they would understand the extent of what the red pill entails, though? Because I feel like at the beginning of this movie, when I was like watching, I didn't realize the full extent to what this world would lead to, that it was like this futuristic thing where everything is like gone to hell, essentially, and... Yeah, true. Like, people might have taken the red pill because, like, oh, like, what's... Oh, yeah, what truth. What truth really be? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, 
Tell me something I don't know. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess it's like a very pessimistic movie then in general because it's like and the it is, truth. Yeah. The truth is this horrible. Like they're eating like slop every day and like are like <laughs> yeah, pretty right? much destined to die eventually. Yeah, because like, they said like the slop, like just just take the food for like specifically like the the, the the slop is not the steak. It's like just slop, but it has all the nutrients and everything you need. Like they said, like oh, this has everything you need, but it's not like everything you would want. Like people want the facade of like what the mm-hmm. steak is. Well, that was also interesting. I think I think the character's name is Mouse. Mm-hmm. He was like, they were like, oh, it has everything you need, and he like kind of like grimaces and it's like not everything you need, and then he says, I forget the exact quote, but it's like humanity's like. Yeah, to deny our impulses is to deny us what makes us human. Exactly. I wrote that down. <laughs> that that kind of messed with me, to be honest. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. do we have to feed our own imp- impulses in order to be happy? I don't know, because it's it's that's a really hard question, honestly. Because it's, okay, so, like, say you have an impulse to, like, like... I, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like, of just, like, something that you know is wrong... Like, but you have this impulse, like that maybe like a, like a sexual impulse or something. You have this impulse, but you know it's either like illegal or wrong or whatever it is. If you're not acting on it, does that that makes you not human because you have like this moral compass? Like, you know, like take like prostitution. Like, yeah, I don't. You have an impulse. It's almost to, like, like it's almost like some amount of sin is what makes us human, and like if you just try to be this. Like perfect human devoted to truth, and like okay. it's just gonna like kind of fall apart, which is what happened to Cipher, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it. so it's the goal for humanity to be inhuman. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting really deep, really I early mean, in this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe it's like at least to reach some some level of like spiritual enlightenment or like a higher sense of truth. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like what people want, but then the cost of that means you have to sacrifice your impulses and what you want in terms of comfort which is we talked about this before i uh, for some reason i've i've heard that that's that the matrix um is very similar to buddhism okay in some ways um because a lot of buddhism is about sacrificing yourself and your own like what you want in order just to be completely devoted to like your spirituality so that's why you'll see videos of like monks like burning themselves alive and just like that's just they're like they just i don't i'm not exactly sure the religious like <laughs> reasons why they do it uh-huh. um but there's things like that or like starving themselves um and living the life like a life completely not about material comforts um which i think the movie's somewhat relating to yeah that is interesting because even like the little child like the little child that was uh talking to neo at one point it was like bend the spoon like it's not bending the spoon but it's like whatever he said like bending yourself or like yeah it's bending uh, like your perception of the world is what is what changes it like if you know that spoon is not real then the spoon won't be real yeah that's a hard concept to wrap your head around i feel like it it feels very pessimistic to me it's it's like i don't really know how to put that one (laughs) put that one in the world um okay i had to i had to google this thing about buddhism because i was kind of forgetting when i learned in my religion class and didn't want to like misstate things Mm -hmm. um but basically the idea is that the like the main person in buddhism lived in a great palace and had all the comfort the material comforts like presented to him easily like he had food beautiful people around him lived in the mansion um 
but then all around him was violence and pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And that was always on his conscience until one day after he studied like for many years under like like all the smartest scholars, he ended up just leaving to meditate on his own beneath this like tree. And mm-hmm. after 49 days of meditation, he reached the enlightened state and that's when he became the Buddha. And then he spent the rest of his life teaching and about what he did and the, like the lessons he learned and about how like enlightenment or fulfillment came from aligning himself with the suffering instead of living in the palace of comfort which i think is like why i see the connection in this movie is because like yeah that's no, very the matrix would be the like the buddhist palace and the other reality would be the struggle to find enlightenment or to find a high, like i don't know some sort of spiritual truth Right. I do, yeah, there's definitely a huge parallel between... Because this whole movie is basically them trying to figure out... Or come to terms with the suffering and realize that there is suffering, but live with that. And that's like that's you taking the red pill, is you're choosing to hear the truth and then not only hear it, but like adjust to it and live with it. And that's almost like when he sees the Matrix at the end is him coming to terms with yeah. seeing the suffering in the world and living with it, I guess. So... It feels like there's a Buddhist, like, <laughs> Buddhist idea. It's like a few religious. But then, there, I feel like there's also a Christianity aspect yeah. to it too, because he is like the so-called quote-unquote one, who is going to save everybody. Which is, I feel like, it, it doesn't work well with the Buddhist ideology very mm-hmm. well. I think mm-hmm. it, it almost contradicts it in a way because, like, th- this this one this one man is going to be the savior to end this suffering. So he's going to destroy the matrix essentially. That 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 was the goal of this one that mm-hmm. was going to come and save it. So if these other people that have chosen the red pill, chosen to see the suffering, all they're doing is trying to find someone who will stop it. They're not coming to terms with it like he did. Mm-hmm. They're instead just trying to find someone else, some like otherworldly power that is going to come and destroy it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Neo is the Buddhist, and everyone else is like. Christian. But then he's also Jesus, <laughs> like, so he's a he's a pretty yeah. cool guy. Apparently, yeah, he's Buddha and Jesus. Wow, wow, it's <laughs> pretty cool. That's some goals right there. Yeah, right. Huh? <laughs> but no. I don't know. Like, what did you think? Like, it, those two ideas can like uh, be in the same like realm and work. Yeah, I guess like they're kind of very similar though, because the idea of Buddhism is to get everyone to that point of enlightenment where you leave the material world. Which is kind of what they're talking about, like the savior, or like Neo is trying to get everyone to like realize, like, like trying to like end all suffering. I guess. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that's his main main goal, but he's right. just trying to get people to see the truth. Which, right? But so, like, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that was like Neo's main goal. And I, like when he realizes it, I don't think he, like he didn't destroy the Matrix like the the destiny like prophesized him to do. But I feel like whatever is Morpheus and all of them like intended on him ending the suffering he was on the path though like he was showing everyone he was like flying away at the end and like showing everyone right. that like the confines of their world like are completely made up right so i think that's what he said at the end i don't know he was like i'm gonna yeah. show everyone <laughs> i don't remember yeah it was kind of confusing exactly what it was so I was kind think... of busy still laughing from, like, all the gunfights and, like, yeah, right. oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's... we're talking about this movie like it was just the most profound thing, but there's also a lot of campiness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But to continue on that thread, though, like, uh, do you think the end of this movie, Neo, like, when he flies away, what's his next goal? Is it to destroy the Matrix and end the suffering or just spread the word and have people come to terms with it? 
I think he's trying to get like get rid of the Matrix. Although I'm not really sure why, because like we get a little glimpse of the world outside, mm. and it's just this horrible like sunless. Right. Because right, like right. the story, for those of you who don't remember, it's like, the like basically the world has, like, they destroyed the sun in an effort to get rid of like solar powered machines. Mm-hmm. So the world's uninhabitable. The only people yeah. who survive are living. Underground. They said like underground near the core where there's enough heat. Yeah, that's the only place where there's enough warmth in the world is next to the core of the earth. So like at this point, like it's almost just better to stay in the matrix because like that's the 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 computers decided there's like they say it multiple times that 1999 was the peak of human civilization. (laughs) Yeah, right. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Like I wonder if they were critiquing that as like an ironic thing that the machines were like wrong, or if they're actually saying that. 1999 may have been the peak of human civilization. Yeah, right. It's almost, like, oddly ironic now, too, as well, just through, like, climate change and stuff. Like, uh, there was a peak probably in human civilization, and we're already probably on that downfall. <laughs> but in a different... Dark thoughts, in, in, okay. In a technology, instead of a technology aspect, a more climate change aspect. But that, that's <laughs> definitely not what they were going for, I don't think. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think not yet. as relevant. Not yet. Then. They're... They were very scared about AI, though. So yeah, they were more focused on the on the robots taking over. But um, I had a thought earlier. So they're trying to end suffering, right? So you're saying that Neo is this guy that's going to try and not only spread the awareness of the suffering, but end the suffering and end the Matrix. So in that world, this goes back to like what makes us human. Like when we when we go to our impulses, that's what makes us human. When we succumb to those impulses. If we get rid of the suffering and get rid of those impulses, aren't we essentially striving to be inhuman? So how is that different from what the Sentinels are doing? Because <laughs> they're the machines, and they're the next so-called evolutionary step that they, they proclaim. Yeah. I, so are we secretly kind of going to that same route, just we're like not admitting to it? <laughs> hmm. I, don't, I don't know exactly what you're asking, but my mind's a little bit blown here. Right. So... so uh, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. So, like, like they're trying to end suffering, right? So, like, you, so Neo is trying to end the, this horrible world. Well, I don't know if he can end suffering because, like, there's kind of the point. It's but like not even they, questioned the when the machines is, right? when the like, machines say like, "There's no humanity without suffering." I kind of took that as just like them stating a fact. It wasn't didn't seem like an opinion. Mm-hmm. And like but you like see that humans throughout, like, believe that I feel like they, there could be humanity without suffering. I you, feel like you as, believe that. I don't know if I believe that, but especially after watching this movie. But yeah, <laughs> but like, I mean, people believe in utopias. Like people strive to be perfect, right? Like that's like the goal of what you are to be a human. Like you try to be as good of a person as you can be, right? Yeah, I just I don't know. Personally, I, I hold the view that there's there would never be a utopian society. Okay, I mean, you're, like more, we can, you're a, a little more pessimistic maybe than... <laughs> maybe I'm more pessimistic than the, the average, average person Joe, out there. But, I mean, like, okay, so, like... Because, like, I agree there's some when you, amount... When you do an action, like, you try to be as good a person as you can be, right? Like, you you don't go around every day, like, doing, like, oh, well, I can do that bad action because yeah, humans aren't perfect. Like, you, you like, I hope you're not no, doing no, that. No, 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 like, I'm not saying I do that, but I think humanity is, like, a constant struggle to, like, maintain your impulses in, like, in a productive way. What do you mean? Like, everyone has, like, certain desires, and those are going to be met, and people, like, fulfill them in certain ways. Like, eating 
is inherently taking things from the earth and like causing suffering. Like right. every meal that we eat comes from somewhere, and there's some level of suffering on like other people's hands that makes that food available to us. So, like for example, right. so so like eating meat, you're saying like, like we're sure, taking away eating meat could be like an environmental thing, or even like any fruit or vegetable. Like especially in California, is probably coming. Like, who do you think picked that food? Who do you think like like look at all the steps it took to get to your plate? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee there's like a level of suffering in every one of those steps. So you're saying like getting the process of the food, like the farmers like picking the food, like you're yeah, saying that is the sure. suffering. I mean, even like sustaining like ourselves causes suffering, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like our existence causes environmental and human suffering. And that's just something we can try to minimize, but it's, like, a fact. Or, like, if we drive a car, that is causing suffering. Wow. Because where do you think the oil comes from? Things like okay. that. Like, okay. Like, where do you think all, any of this comes from? It doesn't, so any, it doesn't any, magically any appear. Labor, you're saying, requires suffering. I mean, I, I don't know if all labor requires suffering, but <laughs> things like this, like, yeah. Like, yeah, especially okay. at the scale we have today with, like... That's true. Okay. Okay, so that's fair. So then, to extent, they, they, they had another quote that the Sentinels brought up was that the humans, he believed that they weren't mammals. They weren't, like, true mammals because they couldn't find this so-called, like, equilibrium with nature. And that, that's, like, essentially humans move from, like, city to city and, like, just are a virus or a disease that is just, like, the infesting in this world and using up natural resources. Yeah, and, like... I- I kind of subscribe to that theory, to be honest. Like, there's no way for humanity to be sustainable (laughs) in the world. Such a pessimist. Yeah, I am. I mean, okay, I'm going to take this back to Buddhism for one second, because this this, this triggered something from that religion class that I remembered. Okay. It was, um, one of Buddha's teachings was that we're all born with, this is a direct quote, is that we have monkey brains. That we are, we are, like, fed by our impulses and, like, what we want to do like, all we do is just try to fulfill our basic impulses, and our entire journey in life is trying to maintain those, in, like, impulses to a point where we, like, limit the impact they have on those around us. And that was his quest for enlightenment. So, like, when he, <laughs> when he lived in the palace, that was when he was causing suffering for those around him, and he was living by the impulses of his, like, of the, the quote, monkey brain. And then... He went out and spent time thinking about his, like, his actions and his, what he's learned, mm-hmm. and he ended up reaching a higher level of existence in which he didn't cause suffering. So what is this higher level of existence, though? Like him just coming to terms with that there is suffering? Like try to avoid like using things that require suffering to get there? I mean, it, I don't personally subscribe to it, but in Buddhism it would be like enlightenment, like literally leaving the earth. Like you go to a, like, a different place. <laughs> Right. But, like, in, in terms of, like, being a human, so, like, you're, trying, you're saying, like, driving a car, for instance, is, like, requires some sort of suffering on a mass scale because there's, like, suffering that goes into the labor of making the car or getting the oil or whatever. So is, is, is that unavoidable, though? Yeah, I, I personally think so. Especially, like, the level we have today of how many people want to have things like cars and, like, nice clothes and nice food and nice houses. Like, everything has an environmental and, like, a labor cost. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, like, everyone at USC ignores that, which, like, I'm guilty of, like, everyone's kind of guilty of. 
that's that's like right. it's like is this is my very what, pessimistic worldview. Like, okay, so I'm, not, I'm trying to bring some sort of light out of this. Like, what what can, what can you do to change that? Like, what can you avoid? Like, I mean, personally, it's I think hard you, to live a life without having any suffering and in, oh, anything that you went into. Like, yeah, I think it's almost impossible. Right, um, but I guess like what I would focus on is like the small things matter, but also just like creating a larger change will eventually like have to happen. At some, like, at some point in humanity, like, we'll get to the point where it's, like, we have to have a larger change unless we're going to be, like, destroyed by, like, either first the environment or we're going to have, like, serious problems if, like, people are done just, like, fed up with all this, like, suffering that doesn't necessarily have to be a thing. Okay, this all, like, stems from this book I read. Um, basically, the, the thesis is that... I, f- I forget exactly what it's called, but the thesis is that Humanity was doomed once we started farming. So once we planted the first seeds, mm-hmm. that was when we like set in stone that humanity had like an expiration date. Because once you have more food than you need, people start thinking of ways to like do other things, like territorial disputes and like things that like eventually developed into like the world we see today, like with industrial farming, where no one's worried about their food. So we can spend all our time worrying about other things, and that's not productive. So, like, once we left the hunter-gatherer world, that's when, like, we doomed ourselves. Even though we, like, have better medicine, like, better nutrition, better... Almost everything about our lives is better. But, like, as a whole, that's when we doomed, like, the species. And that was, <laughs> I think, a very... Interesting. So it's, like, irreversible. Very, yeah. Like, okay. Because, like, you can't stop the ball moving, because if I personally, like, dropped out of USC, moved to, like work on a farm somewhere, and, like, that mm. would change nothing. Because <laughs> now you're just, like, the root of it. Yeah, because because there's going to be someone else who will step into my place so happily. <laughs> there will that's be someone true. else who will want to climb that ladder to be on the top, the end of the spectrum that's causing the suffering and not paying for the suffering, that it would happen, like, instantly that I would just be replaced. And there's no way to get everybody at once to, like, step down to just, like, not using so much because like, it would have to be a collective effort and that would never happen right because people want so it's that's that. why it turns it's into it, like well okay so do these people that want to be on the top the so-called do you think they're aware of this like suffering or do you think they're like this whole ignis bliss mentality of like they want the juicy delicious steak <laughs> and, like you know like they're going to the top because they don't realize that it's like a facade or it's it's caused by suffering I mean, yeah, I think it, I think it's mostly like widely ignorance. But that's I think that's starting to change. Mm-hmm. Um, to like people are recognizing like suffering that's being caused in the world. But does that really matter? <laughs> because like <laughs> you can aware. yeah exactly. So even like, if like is... you're a staunch like vegan and you never use any animal products, like your environmental footprint is still going to be so intense. Like everything you do. And buy, like, you cannot avoid plastics. You mm-hmm. can't avoid using, like, fossil fuels in our world. So, like, no matter what personal choices you make, you're, you're going to, like, somehow screw up the world. Like, you can but, say okay, you're sorry, okay, but does okay, that well, change anything, you know? But it still makes it an impact. Like, it, like saying, like, okay, well, we're screwed, like... Like, but saying we're screwed like times ten, like it's a bigger, it's a bigger well, yeah, thing. Think... Like, <laughs> reducing, reducing it, it, even the smallest amount is is worth reducing. 
Yeah, but I think at a certain point it just becomes this rat race where you just you prepare for you and yours, and it becomes everyone else might do the same. And if you don't play the game, then you're just going to become like the bottom tier. <laughs> That's so like pessimistic. Like, yeah. what? Do you really think like this? Like, do you like do you believe that like it's not worth? being vegan or being like trying to remove your environmental f- footprint on this earth because oh, no. it, like I'm like I'm I'm very much supportive of people who do that and like I understand the merit of it but I think at the end of the day it it will not change <laughs> like much at all <laughs> because it's such a it's such a massive problem like California is but one of the most everyone did though everyone in the world if everyone did it would make a huge impact right so, by not participating in that, like, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Are like, you vegan? I, like, no. Yeah. And I'm part of the problem. Yeah. But, but I, sh- like, I know I should be. But do you really think that we'd get everyone in the world to do this? So, like, think about... Like, I think if, if everyone that's one of the biggest realized problems. The, the, like, consequences of not... Yeah. Like, that's one of the biggest problems with things like, um, like fossil fuel emissions. Is, like, even if we... If the United States cut our fossil fuel emissions, that there's no chance that every other country in the world is also going to do the same. And then at that point, they're basically playing with this like incredibly powerful tool, and we're back stuck like 200 years ago. And like that has right. major implications. So you think there's no our... hope to every every country eliminating fossil fuels? Like you think there's no chance of everyone coming to an agreement to do that? <laughs> like, I mean, take like the Paris like agreement, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like, there's a, there's a chance of it happening, but I I personally don't see everyone agreeing to it. Like, I, yeah, it's at least in the near future, and it has to happen in the near future because of how fast this is accelerating. Right. And there's still so many people. Like, even in California, we meet people who like won't believe in this exactly or don't really care, and we're like the uh, most yeah. we're like the most progressive state in the United States. Like if you go to some parts of like the Midwest or South or like in the East Coast, yeah, no, there's it's like a I common it's a believe. common belief not to believe in global warming. Yeah, like that's a accepted Which, yeah, viewpoint. It, it, that's so, even that's even like taught in some schools almost like in the South. Like, yeah, so it's like ignorance is bliss. Do you think? I don't even know. Like, do you think they they actually believe that it doesn't exist, or they they don't want it to believe that it exists? I personally don't think they they believe it exists. They just think that it's wrong. They don't. I mean, yeah, my like I, personally, like my dad believe doesn't they... believe global warming's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's just how he was raised, and nothing I can say will change that. It's like a like par- it's a paranoia. It's a paranoia of like all the countries coming together because it's the idea of like all that power being handed to just a few people, of like being able to control what you say like everyone should do, is something that could be very easily abused. Mm. So you think, like, the power of, like, eliminating plastic could extend to more things? Like, they could, like, by giving them that right, it's like, like what, if what is the If governments limit? come together and say, like, oh, you can no longer drive cars, then, like, mm-hmm. where is the limit to, like, what the government or, like, like a world government could say, like, you can't do this? I, that's, like, fair, I guess. But, like... <laughs> yes, that's, like, that's not time, my personal belief. No, but, yeah, I understand. But, like, at the same time, like... 
like, like they should be doing that because it's for a good co- like it's like people the world came together for a reason to stop something like if yeah. everyone in the world agreed like but, every country like from yeah, my point cultures, is that no n- there's never gonna be a point where everybody agrees because like a lot of this is passed down through family like a lot of these beliefs are just are just passed like yeah, just straight like, through so the gauntlet. You're saying your dad had that belief, but you don't. I, I did when I was younger. Yeah, but you don't now, and exactly, and you're gonna pass that on to your children. <laughs> but that's like now. a very you unique and, like, case, though. I don't know. <laughs> like, but like, I don't know. Like, like people have slowly become more and more progressive. Like people were yeah. homophobic a hundred years ago, and now like their grandchildren may not be. It's just and, that like, there's a major time limit on this. Like those issues, there, yeah. were hor- like were and are horrible, but. But there wasn't necessarily, like, it wasn't going to doom humanity, like, within a short period of time. Right. Whereas so this, like, has it, the potential it, it, to doom humanity. Right. So you're saying eventually progress would be made, but it would be far too late for it to be of any yeah. importance. That's so. that's my, I guess that's my personal opinion on this. Okay. But. <laughs> that's that's fair. I don't know if this has <laughs> to do guess. with the Matrix anymore. Yeah, we, we, we really flew off the, um, the Matrix yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's. But, to go to go back a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. To go back, um, there, there's this other idea that the the Sentinels or whatever they were, like the mm-hmm. Agent Smith guy, he brought up is that like the like the Earth, there is like a dominant species essentially, and people have a like Earth has evolved. There's like a dominant species, and that species has evolved over time. Before it was the dinosaurs, and eventually became the humans, and now he's saying AI is like the next step of that evolution. Yeah, which I, is this, well, this whole wow. like a Y2K belief but like honestly like do you think it's true like <laughs> we're kind of going back to it like yeah I kind of haven't even processed that part of the movie like cause that that honestly <laughs> might be true I think it is kind of true cause like I, they I don't believe it all they really take from the earth is humans mm-hmm. like they're fed but off humans that's what the movie's about like the robots right. yeah it's their, it's their energy storage is human <laughs> Right, it's kind of like how like humans leached off other animals and the natural resources. Like these, these AI are leeching off the humans and are coming out on top because of it. There's like evolutionary, evolutionarily superior, like, <laughs> essentially. Like, right? Like, and like technology is improving, so like computers are smarter than people. Like that's just like objectively true. So like, in mm-hmm. a sense, like yeah. our computers, like, can they avoid suffering in themselves, or are they? <laughs> Are they? Remember, there was that one. There was that one agent who seemed to be experiencing suffering, which I was a little confused about. I'm like, aren't you a computer? Why are you getting so emotional? When was that? When he was like talking to Morpheus, and he's like, please, like, let me get out of this place. Like, I can't deal with this reality. Okay, okay. So that flat, that flips my whole thing. That was really (laughs) strange to me because. Mm He had like the the computer had developed emotions. Right. So okay. So that was almost like he was a human though. Like. Mm So perhaps, like, AI is not the next evolutionary step. AI is just equal to humans in that emotions get in the way of, uh, like, a a sufferless world. But at the same time, I didn't, like, see a primal instinct in the agents. Like, they weren't animals. They have an instinct to survive, though. Like, or be free, or whatever. They have an instinct to, like, fulfill their duty. But I don't think it was to survive. Like, when they died, it wasn't like they were, like, crying or, like, frowning. They were just like, oh, right, like, like, I'm going to morph back into the human I killed. Like, 
Well, when he's giving that speech to Morpheus, like, there is emotion there, and that, that, that is for something. Like, he mm-hmm. wants this to be over so he can do whatever it is, whether it's to be free or, <laughs> go, you know. Go like, hang out with his robot friends. Exactly, his emotionless robot yeah, friends. Yeah, go crush some brews. Exactly. Watch some esports. Yeah, that's all they want to do, but they had to destroy Zion first. <laughs> <laughs> They're just playing, like, bot Fortnite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really don't. That part of the movie was kind of confusing to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's, like, left up to your opinion of, like, whether you like you believe that AI is superior, like, is the next step of evolution, or if it's just humans have, or the peak, and AI is, like, equivalent to that. Like, AI is just a representation of what humans are. <laughs> yeah, I... I, 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 I really know. don't know. It could I be mean, either. It could be both. I don't think this movie. I do, I do is, know there's a widespread fear of artificial intelligence, not only in like the common people, but also in the people who are creating it. Which yeah. Is yeah, very, it's kind of which like is very they interesting. don't know what they're creating. Like machine right? learning. Well, like I watched this. Um, there's like what's that? It's called Doomsday Preppers. <laughs> it's like a show of people who are like totally freaked out that the world is ending. Oh yeah. And like they think like anarchy is like within five years, so they build these huge, like camps just to survive like indefinitely so like they have like underground food storages and like ways of creating new food uh-huh. um and like they have like groundwater like they build it over areas where they can get groundwater uh-huh. um and there's like a, people in silicon valley who have these places like I, I was in the um the new yorker i read this article about like ceo executive like not like tech executives who have these like bunkers because like their reasoning is that Eventually, like, humanity will revolt against, like, the creation of more machines that will, like, take away jobs. Like, it won't be the machines that will come after them, but it will be, like, humanity being, like, mad that they're relying so much on machines right. instead of I humanity. Mean, it's kind of already happening. Like, people are mad that jobs are going away and going to machines because they can do the job, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but machines, like, are objectively more efficient. You don't have to pay them. They don't need health care benefits. Yeah, like, it totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, does it make any sense at all? So, like, there's... There's back to like, should you have like the bigger picture in mind, or should you do what's right for you? Right. That's that is really the question. (laughs) (laughs) Is like, should you be selfish and have the job for yourself, even though it's objectively better to have the machine? I mean, yeah, you could you could pay someone, and then you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, or you could have a machine do it, and you make two hundred thousand dollars a year. Right, but you you may be making that two hundred thousand dollars, or you may be the guy who was going to have that job of being like yeah, exactly. The but guy should the person the who could make the machine is that his responsibility to think about that, or can you just do what's right for him? You can do what's right for him, but at the same time, he's it's almost selfish for him to do that because he's taking hundreds of jobs away yeah. from other people or thousands. Or but that you would say that that's his personal choice, and that he's in his own right to make that choice. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. I don't yeah, know. No, it definitely is really interesting. I don't, I don't really know exactly what the right answer is for that. Yeah. All right. Um, we can go to another part of the film because yeah, I feel no, like we've not, we, we've we, mostly we, talked we, about philosophy here. No, that's kind of what I wanted to go. Like, so the environmental do what I wanted so. with, throughout the discussion is like, I want like this. This movie is convoluted and. They throw out really cool philosophical ideas in these one-liners, <laughs> which is what we've been focusing on, yeah. instead of like really the plot. But I think the plot is like it's, it's convoluted and it's secondary. Honestly, it's it's more mindless entertainment. Honestly, it's not like Inception. You can break down Inception and get to like a conclusion. I think and like those type of movie. Like there are movies like that are like that where you can like 
it makes sense once you break it down. This movie, I think the more you think about it, the more you're just going to confuse yourself. I think they, they bring in too many ideas, too many plots. Like, yeah. it, love is, like, thrown in there. Like, just like we talked about that, like, I think there's too many things to really, like, boil down on the logistics of what, like, this future entails and what the Matrix really is. So that's why I kind of avoided that <laughs> and talked about philosophy. Yeah, it's almost like it's not like worth. It doesn't seem like it's worth our time to like talk about like exactly. the visual design or like the plot elements or like anything like stylistically. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure we can like mention like the, the yeah. There's some cool stunt work in here. Oh, you like, did not um, like the thunder. The sound the thunder was so dumb. Well, they would do like this Nick like, was, ominous line. He would he would cringe every the time thunder. the thunder would go off. Yeah, I didn't yeah, like the thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Was, also, why was there leather? Why was there so much leather? Is it just a stylistic thing? <laughs> was it symbolic? Well, he doesn't care about the environment. In exactly, the Matrix. Exactly, yeah. Well, it's all a simulation, so you can kill as many animals as you it's want. It's not real, yeah. We should just live by that, you know? It's yeah, all not real, so let's just... It's not real, so... Yeah. 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 Now, I mean, it, it, it has a dated sort of vibe. Like, it holds up... I think, but in a different in a different way than mm-hmm. it, it was in its original intent. Like <laughs> yeah. its original intent was probably much more serious and philosophical, and at this point, it's very campy. But it still holds up, in my opinion, because it, mm. it's still so entertaining. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's just me. Like I had a great time watching this movie, and like there were some really like hilariously this awesome scenes, and like like the whole last scene where he like chooses to fight. Um, Agent Smith in the, in the train station. <laughs> he 1v1s him. Yeah. yeah, he chooses to like 1v1 him. And then later, when he like, becomes the Matrix and he like fights him with one hand, like he didn't have to fight him with one and hand, then, like, but he does it. He like, <laughs> had to get back because all his friends were dying and he was like dancing in front of the guy. Yeah, he's like literally dancing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this this yeah. movie's almost not supposed to be taken too seriously, honestly. Cause it's, it's... Or his backflip to evade the train yeah, like, in slow motion. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Like, yeah, a lot of these things are just, like, done to be cool. And, or like, maybe, that's like, fine, they're honestly. thrown in there to, like, make the movie popular. Like, it's okay. to make, make it like, to, to appeal audience. to a wide audience. Like, okay, you, get that, so, you get those okay. deeper messages of <laughs> of these, like, weird Buddhist ideas and, like, like you have Jesus in there somehow. You have love. Mm-hmm. Like, you get all these, like, deeper, like, our question of, like, what truth is. Um and then you kind of just sugarcoat it in, like, guns, and then everyone wants to watch it. Okay, so that's fair. Yeah. No, maybe, honestly, because, like, they they got these philosophical messages. Our entire hour we just spent was, like, over the philosophy, which is almost what the goal may have been for this movie, rather than to focus on, like, the campiness of it. But it got mm-hmm. us in, the, in to watch this movie, and yeah. like, it was cool, and it was really entertaining, and I had a great time watching it, And but we also had a good conversation from it. Mm-hmm. I also... One thing I kind of saw a connection to is, like, psychedelics. Mm. I don't know if you saw this, but, like, the pills, like, I've... Yeah, okay. Like, I, I personally don't agree with this, but, like, a lot of people are starting to claim that psychedelics, like, allow you to see, like, a deeper truth in the world and, like, about yourself. There's, like, this recent book that came out that's, like, very famous. It's, like, Amazon bestseller of the month about how psychedelics, like, make you a better person. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, can't you go to, like, prison for having <laughs> psychedelics and, like... Right. This is, like, a, like, culturally, it's a very taboo thing. But mm-hmm. then, like, there's this idea that, like, you can gain a ton of knowledge by taking, this, like, these drugs. But then, like, an argument against that I've heard a lot is gaining, like, it's almost like a way of cheating. So, like, meditation and things like yoga meditation, um, like, reading are ways to, like, learn about yourself in the world. But, like, taking psychedelics could be, like, a faster version of that that's... It almost it like almost distorts it because you learn it all so fast. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost like 
you're not finding truth in the correct way, so that's like going to screw you over in the end. It's kind of the theory I've heard. And I wonder if that like connects here is like they learned so much in such a short time that like they can't take it kind of. But like somehow some of them do, which is like I don't like like he said, like at one point he's like, We tried converting someone at your age once and like it didn't work. Right. Because like at a certain point, you're too, you just, you're like, too stuck in your belief. You can't take the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a fair point. So like going back to like this whole like not to go back into all of it, but again, but like your dad, you're saying he's like kind of stuck in his way. He was grown up this way, believing a certain way, and at this point, he may be too set in his ways to like change his mind. But you believed a certain thing at a young age, and then you changed your mind as you grew older. So I mean, that's kind of like the age thing. Like when you're younger, you're more malleable and malleable yeah you're more able to change your belief and as you get older it's like you can't teach an old dog new trick kind of thing like you can't well i guess like a positive outlook could just be like education you know it's a big (laughs) a big thing you know yeah i don't know i don't know if i necessarily believe that i feel like like I, i i hope not i hope when i get older and there's some new belief that like i can adjust to that and Mm -hmm. like fit in and you know like I don't know. Like, I've always wondered this. I've always talked about this, like, with my friends. It's like, what do you think is going to be the thing when we're old that the young people are going to think we're so, like, horrible for believing? It could seem totally ridiculous to us, though, is the truth. It could be, like, take, like, bestiality. Like, when we're old, is bestiality going to be, like, not taboo anymore and going to be okay? And are we going to be able to cope with that? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's, like, friendly. Just, like, a random, like, you know, like, what is is it going to be? And, like, are... Mm -hmm. At a certain age, like, are we going to be able to handle that? Or is there, is there a, a certain age you reach where you can't adjust? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I really don't know the answer. I don't think, any, I don't, yeah, I, I don't um, think anyone does. It's just, like, interesting to think about. It's like, I mean, I, I hope we're, like, we're able to change our beliefs when we're older, but also at some point there has to be, like, a foundation for morality. Uh-huh. Like, the, some things, I think, become objectively moral or immoral and like will we go to a point where like that's kind of lost like i how would it be lost like you're saying like bestiality Mm -hmm. like would would you say it's just immoral yeah but has society made you believe that it's immoral like i mean yeah but like that's based on (laughs) based on like thousands of years okay but take a hundred years ago i feel like people that were people were homophobic and they would believe that was immoral yeah, so like that's the really tough belief. part. So it's like, like, what's what's right? Yeah, know? like homophobia. People a lot of, are homophobic because of religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. We're against bestiality, not necessarily because of religious beliefs, but just of like how society has shaped us. Like yeah. in a different world, like in an alternate reality, bestiality may be like a thing. You know? Well, I just guess like I guess the question I'm well, asking is people would be happy. You know? It's like where <laughs> like again like where is that line? Exactly. Where you can say this is wrong. And, like, will we reach a point where that line is crossed for us when we're older and we're like, that's not okay? I think, I think there will be a line, and that's what's so scary about it. <laughs> like, I think there will be something that I won't be able to adjust to. But will, will we be in the wrong? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> It'll be an interesting tipping point, so we'll see. But. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what the, like, older people are, like, grappling with right now is, are they in the wrong or are we in the wrong? You know, like they've been, they've had this belief their entire life, and now they're being questioned, like their entire identity. Like, you know, I mean, it is true. Like, it's interesting when someone who's older has the idea because it's true they've been through like so much more life than we have. Yeah, they and have, I could they imagine have more it would be an experience in us. Yet it would be incredibly frustrating 
if I'm like 50 and like a 16 year old is like everything you think is wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I understand. You, like they're like outing you, like yeah. saying you're a horrible person and like a racist or a, like sexist or like homophobic. Or anti bestiality. Like, like, I just had this belief. Like society has told me to believe this all mm-hmm. my life. Like you know, like it's it's kind of a tough. It's kind of tough. It's a toughie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably that, we're yeah. probably moving towards politics, which I don't know if we have time for. But. Yeah, no, we have one minute. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, um, we can do a, a brief overview. Of, uh, yeah, this this movie actually had way more philosophical things than we talked about. We, we branched out for sure, but like this, <laughs> it, what this movie did is it introduced too many philosophical ideas and didn't like elaborate on any of them. Mm-hmm. But I wrote all of them down as they said them, so that's why yeah. we talked about them. But I think watching this movie, you may not have gotten any of that out of it. And people watching, like listening to this podcast, and I've been like, "How did they get this?" <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. I think I think there is a lot of like it's. I think it's intentional, in my opinion. I think they tried. I don't think it was <laughs> successful. I think it True. was intentional, but I don't know if it's successful. Well, I think it should start like a conversation about it at least, or like at least. Yeah, that's fair. Would you take like everyone asks like Would you take the blue pill or the red pill? That's and fair. that's, that's enough that's to like common. that's n- enough to start a conversation about like ignorance what, and bliss yeah. versus like, what is truth. It? Yeah, I mean that's how we started the conversation basically. So yeah, so I, I don't know. I see it as a, like it's obviously a very successful movie, like in terms yeah. of it's like up there and like most like a lot of people's lists of like oh the Matrix right. got to watch that. Yeah, and uh, like everyone talks about the action, I feel like, but uh, I think uh, some of this philosophy is is like is there and is worthy to talk about. So, um, I don't know. I kind of like the movie more than that we talked about it, just because like <laughs> I, I'm glad I had this conversation about it, and like I feel yeah. like I thank the movie for like letting me like delve into this more. I think so. I don't know. Like whether it was successful in everything it did, and like it was really entertaining for me, and like it was campy and it may or may not have held up, but like the ideas are brought up and like some mm. of the like some of the stuff was like really cool and i don't know what do you think yeah. so do you, do you think like you, you liked it anymore or what um yeah <laughs> i guess talking about it makes it more interesting because yeah. um, you go deeper into like the themes presented within mm-hmm. but i overall i would recommend people to watch it just because there are a lot of interesting ideas and the action is right. pretty entertaining like like you could show yeah. this to like to like a pretty young person, they'd be like, "Wow, cool," yeah. or you could show this it's to like a philosopher, ages, and they'd be like, "Hmm, yes," <laughs> you know, <laughs> cool and hmm, yes, yeah, like, I love that. It yeah. appeals to a lot of people that, for different that's reasons. That's kind of the like goal, cool. and that's like, I, yeah, like about saying how like they they added maybe the action in to br- to have people get, get like their like get their butt in the seats and then like bring in the philosophy later. Maybe. You know, like it, it's very it's welcoming to all types of people i think and like this could very easily be a movie you put on in the background like at a party or something and it could also be a movie where everyone sits down and watches it like it could be either mm-hmm. professor casper would not like the uh, showing a movie at a party how dare you yeah i know that's our, our film class we were taking <laughs> professor casper is a legend yeah Highly he, he really is honestly take 190 if you haven't <laughs> if you go to usc um but yeah no that kind of wraps it up we kind of went over a little bit but um yeah, so I think we both recommend this movie for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that kind of wraps it up for this episode. So thanks, Henry, for coming on. Of course, thanks um, for having me. Honestly, could talk about this for another hour. <laughs> this philosophy, <laughs> it's very interesting. But um, yeah, so we'll have another episode next week. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Cool. Peace. Peace. <laughs>
Check